We just had sex. Welcome to Prognosis, episode six. Uh, coming to you live from the parking lot of Three Floyds Brewery in Munster, Indiana. We're currently sitting four abreast in uh, Chris's Volkswagen here. Uh, Chris, you have a song for us this week, uh, I believe. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. I have uh, actually it's a it's a three part epic, um, specifically chosen for Matt, knowing a little bit of his taste. Knowing a little bit of things that he hates and a little bit of things that he likes. So I specifically chose this song in, in hopes of causing him grief and pain and all that stuff. Um, we just finished a, a delicious meal at Three Floyds. Uh, brisket tacos, I highly recommend. Alpha King and Brudu. I'm not sure. You guys also enjoyed the Dorcia. What else did you have? Dorcia was good. The uh, collaboration with Sun King uh, was also good as a ESB. I can't remember what it was called, but it was, it was something brat. Yeah, Royal, 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 Brat. Royal, Royal yeah, Brat. That was quite tasty. I think it's available in cans. And they were all quite delicious. Once again, still accepting beer sponsorships from anybody <laughs> who would like to send us great beer or even crappy beer. We will still drink it, but you may not get a positive review. All right, so at this point, I'm going to hand over the lyrics to my chosen little Prague epic. This is very special music to me. Uh, I've been listening to this music for a long, long time. Um, Matt has never heard this song, probably never heard this artist knowingly. Um, but I'm going to give him the lyrics, and he's going to read them to us. We'll pause the podcast, let him listen. Although, I suspect the, this particular musician would not mind us playing his music in the podcast, but we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't crossed that legal boundary yet. So I'm going to hand the lyrics over. Matt will read them to us, and then we will listen to the tune without you guys. Hopefully, you'll listen on your own, and then uh, we'll Download move on. this song right now. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> Put that over. Yes. All right, it's a three-part song. So beginning. These are less lyrics than last week. <laughs> Carnival uh, Nine is a Bible. Exhibit A. And this is in. Uh, this is a parenthetical. Keep your eyes open. Be you victim or cop? The earth is on fire and you can't make it stop. And you will fry if you can't fly. And when the ground goes cinder, the buildings tumble in. And you'd rather go to Sweden because the clouds are nice and the weather is really pleasing and they have good rice. You can jump all you want, but ownership of the planet soon reverts to the cow, the stately cow. Time to sweat or fret is now. It's so hev, it's inev, the day of the cow. When bossy stands unbridled, proud amidst the ruined mists, finally ticks off humans from the bad to bossy list. You can jump all you want, but it's the day of the cow. I speak to you as a man who has eaten more meat than you can shake an androgynous country slash torch vocalist at. I accept my fiery fate. One last day of living per, guard, per bargain burger plate. Top of the food chain, for now. But soon to fall to ashes at the hoof of the vengeful cow. Studies indicate the cow may have wrath, but she does not operate in the realm of the sophisticate. And has the capacity to distinguish twixt brother dribbler me and the vegan in booth three. Time to leave your ivory tau. Watch it, Tex. It's an X, the day of the cow. Despite one's best intentions, you might all burn equally. So, though not PC, it's hearty Arby's party time for me. You can jump all you want, but it's the day of the cow. Exhibit B, brief industrial tune. Instrumental. Instrumental tune. A couple beers will take care of your reading comprehension. You've already missed a couple <laughs> words here. It's all good. Exhibit C, 
So hush, little chicken, go grab your bear. Fall deep into sleepy and dream of hair and of prime cut steaks running blood red rare. Yeah. You can beg to the Lord to silence the screams. You can close your eyes to blood that streams. You can ask the Cohen brothers to direct your dreams. But I know one thing, and that's the Earth's foundation will shake. Every bone and every body you ever loved is going to break. Ain't it a shame? I know you can't believe it, but it's bye-bye. The night draws nigh. You can try to kid yourself that this isn't happening. It's entirely too outlandish, but what can I say? It's time. It's the end of the world as you know it, and you don't feel fine. Sit down and wait and take it as well as you can. Take it as well as you know how. It's not like other options are open to you now. It's the day of the cow. All right, that's the lyrics. Matt struggled his way through, but, I mean, it's a novel, so it's rough. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pause the podcast now. He's going to have to subject himself to this beautiful music for... Subject, man. You should be privileged <laughs> to listen to this magnum opus. Hey, to me, it's beautiful. I am partial to cows, so it's just part of, part of why... Pulling on my heartstrings a little bit. Here. All right, I'm going to pause this here, and we'll pick it up from there. All right, so we've returned from listening to the Day of the Cow, Snow Cow, and Day of the Cow Part 2. The artist is Mike Keneally. The album is Hat, which is uh, from my favorite era of music when you when you included far too much in terms of uh, uh, liner notes on a CD. It was like reading a book when you buy a CD. You basically unfold this thing, this little origami tablet from the size of like the, the palm of your hand, but the size of like a tablecloth. <laughs> that's to me, that's like the greatest era of CDs when you have like way too much information. When, is it, when to one did this card. album come out? This would have been. Uh, it, it was around the same time, just after Metallica Black album, uh, as as is indicated by the uh, tribute to Enter Sandman as a joke. Enter on Sandman, that. yeah, and so, REM. That's here. awesome. Yeah, so uh, Mike Keneally is uh, a former guitarist with uh, Frank Zappa. He's one of those freaky, like, memory cats. He can, he can, seems to be able to memorize anything. Of course, I'm sure anybody's got their limits, but he's, he's freakish with his, uh, with the way he memorizes his tunes. Um, he's just way too comfortable memorizing things that should be really difficult to do. So to me, it's really amusing to hear him play this. And I've, I've heard him play uh, tunes from this album in the last two or three years that he hasn't played, you know, to my knowledge, in forever. I saw him at a tiki bar in, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago, it was just him and the bassist, from, actually the bassist from this album, Brian Beller, um, playing an acoustic tiki bar show, just on kind of a whim, it seemed. And, uh, and they asked for requests, and the people were requesting old, old shit, and they, these guys remembered all this stuff. And this is not easy music, as Matt now knows, it's at least not easy to remember how all the fucking melodies go and all the, the notes go. So it's pretty cool in that regard to me. So, Anyways, uh, go ahead, uh, Aaron, what's your thoughts on this, this beautiful song? I love Mike as a as a writer and as a guitar player. Um, there during Snow Cow, um, you know, few people could argue with that guitar tone. I think it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Interestingly it's, enough, that that tone I believe was just a guitar into a Sanzen. Indeed. So just harmonically drippy, and uh, then you definitely hear a lot of his fingers if there's not a lot of uh, of amp mystical guru work going on there, because there's a there's a lot of tone to be had in that section. But um, the, the things that really jump out about Mike's music for me, um, 
the pre-programmed dissonance, the chromaticism, and then like the uncomfortably close intervals, a uh, lot of lot of seconds, you know, and and thirds that create the uneasiness on top of each other. Um, definitely lifted from you know at least a little bit from Frank uh, in the way he writes. Uh, also the the super sporadic. Uh, rhythmic punctuation. Yeah, that's on, almost know. entirely Zappa. And there's also the whole Zappa maxim of making sure that you keep the, the uh, humor in the music. Indeed. He does and not believe in, in writing serious, 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 take yourself seriously music. As in the, as evidenced by the lyrics. Right. <laughs> right. The lyrics are absolutely, completely funny. But uh, I think that Mike did a great job on this. You know, it's um, it, the, the three movement thing. Absolutely hilarious. I like the, the middle breakdown, which harkens back to Bytorn and Snowdog, where you have the fight in instrumental form between <laughs> the cows and the humans. And uh, I like the idea that one day that, uh, you know, from Mike's telling of the story, that the cows will get vengeance for all of the cows that we've eaten. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good story and a, a great way to look at it. It might have been a, a Twilight Zone or Outer Limits episode where the, uh, the cows turn the tables on the human race. But... Uh, now I will defer to Matt, and we will see what Matt thinks of uh, this wonderful epic song. Well, the, the the thing I was thinking the whole time I heard this song was Frank Zappa, and it, you know, it's right. there's like you mentioned, plenty of Zappa influence here, and I, I generally like Zappa, so I, I'm not I'm not gonna be critical about you know the Zappa uh, uh, themes here in the song, but we win. Uh, <laughs> I think I mean I think this song is. Almost entirely terrible, <laughs> start to back. This is one of the this is one of the few times I've heard a prog song where I've actually thought the instrumental portion of the song was the strongest wow. portion of the song. Although I think it, it the the second movement, Exhibit B, uh, which I, is only, I, I only titled them exhibits so that you wouldn't have any okay. information. So it's Snow Cow. Snow Cow. Snow Cow. Yeah. But, so I, it, it went on a little long, and it, I mean it was during the especially towards the end it was just kind of like breaking down into nothingness. There was a little bit of King Crimson influence, I think, in that part. Oh, I don't know sure. I don't know if uh, you've heard one of their songs in the previous. We've actually done one of their songs. We have done. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it the one that failed? or? No, <laughs> no, no, no. We, we won that. That was oh, a right. solid win in our time. Yeah. We should really? mention we have a, a special guest in the in the Volkswagen here with us. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jess, she's in the, she's in the back of a very uncomfortable place. <laughs> yeah, right. So introduce yourself to the people, Jess. Hi, my name is Jess. Um, I am a female prog fan from Northwest Indiana. Twenty-three years old. Friends with these guys and just kind of wandered into the situation, I guess. So. She likes long walks here. on the beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> seven, yeah. eight times. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, right, say. exactly. As, as long as you walk in polyrhythm. I think as a prog fan, the fact that you're female is all you need to explain to other male prog fans. I think fans. I probably said that. Dude, we just got 20 more fans right there. Like, they're going to be like, there's a chick that likes prog. Yeah, if you subscribe, like, no we'll, give, we'll give you her email address. <laughs> <laughs> we have 35 subscribers now. So Sweet. Just getting ready for lots of fun mail from people yeah. that are fun. You'll be hearing about it. I think I think the song. I mean, I mean it's it's so close to Zappa that it's hard to distinguish it. I think the song is probably too clever by half. To, I mean, the whole the whole cow versus humans thing is such a hackneyed cliche. I what? Mean, that's been done a million times. Name another song that's cow versus human. The first song that my high school band Super Stick Figure wrote was about a cow versus a farmer. Okay, um, let me ask you. 
When was that song written? 1993. You fucking copycats. <laughs> These guys were out first with this. I had never heard this song. What's, what's the, what, what other song is have they copied? Or what other song is that from the Hackneyed? <laughs> uh, apparently it's a cliche to Matt's musical taste. There's, like, exactly. There's yeah. lots of songs. You can't he name another to cow, versus cow versus human song. There's a uh, there's uh, a Hindu chant that I once read because they don't like to eat cows. <laughs> it's true. There's a uh, famous novel by William Faulkner called As I Lay Dying. An integral subplot to that story is the cow versus the farmer family. And uh, even then, it was considered a hackneyed plot to talk about oh. cows versus farmers. And that was written in. I think the uh, early 1970s. I believe this is what we would call a, a, a dire reach on your part. <laughs> to support your contention. Clutching it straight. If I'm going to listen to a, cow, a song about cows, I, you know, I'm not a, a huge Foo Fighters fan, but I'd much rather listen to uh, 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 For All the Cows, I believe the name of the song is, off of the first Foo Fighters album. Much better song about cows oh, see, I disagree than this song. Um, I plainly disagree with you. And, and, you're, I, and, you're and a huge I'm a huge fighter, exactly. So <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, I think you're speaking some kind of other language right now, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like nothing that's coming out of your head hole makes any sense to me whatsoever. The extreme, the extreme uh, changes in in time signatures here. I mean, that's clearly Zappa influence. I think Zappa did all of this better. Uh, I don't think <laughs> this band's nearly as clever as anything Zappa <laughs> ever did. Uh, I mean, uh, if I'm gonna listen to this, I'd much rather listen to you know Baby Snakes by Frank Zappa or, or something along those lines. I think Mike would like to listen to Baby Snakes as well because Mike is is very much uh, a lover of, of Frank Zappa's music. But I feel like there's a, enough of a diametric uh, change from from uh, Zappa. I mean, this, the way he's writing this is is almost completely different in terms of the metric. When when Zappa would do something like this, it would be like the vocals. Are, are almost rambling and uh, and not metric so much, and then the instruments would be playing catch up to the vocals, like in uh, The Dangerous Kitchen or uh, uh, Jazz Dischar- Discharge Party Hats or something like that, um, which are classic songs, and, and, I, and I wouldn't want to have to decide which we'll one We'll be I brought to more. you on a future episode. <laughs> but, uh, and we might not even bother. We try and avoid the songs that we know Matt will like ahead of time. So. <laughs> We don't want like we don't want like gimme wins. Mission accomplished. Here's, I mean, <laughs> references to the Coen Brothers. Uh, it's the end of the world as you know it, and you don't feel fine. I mean, those are just terrible lyrics. Just, I believe it's supposed to be funny. Well, I I understand. That's the whole point. I understand, but I mean, like I said, it's too clever by half. They're 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 trying to be intentionally. So he wants cheesy. less cheese. Is what he's saying. Well, I think the the concern here is that Matt Which might take himself a little too song. seriously. Yeah. I think that might be the problem here. I've never been accused of taking myself too seriously. I think you might have just been. <laughs> <laughs> Appar- apparently, his garage rock can't take itself too seriously. That's the way we go. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to completely disagree with Matt on this one just because it, while heavily Zappa influenced, um, there's... I don't think there's any modern music that's written that wasn't heavily influenced by what came before it. Like you can draw a parallel from any existing uh, artist to somebody who kind of did something that paved the way for them to be there in the first place. Um, I think Mike took this to a, a much more um, systematic level uh, than than Frank did. Frank was a brilliant orchestrator and a great you know composer, but I don't think he was. Um, as subscribed to the rules as Mike stays in this song like the the way 
the time flows and the way that rhythms hit and stuff like that. It's it's very specific and very articulate, uh, almost along the lines of something that UK might have done uh, with the, the similar kind of, you know, metrics. But, um, yeah, because I think Frank, when he went for something like that, he was like, instrumental, jazzy, free-for-all, bungalow, like, just have at it. Um, yeah. But those were also premeditated bits of improvisation that relied on the, the strength of the players, not necessarily the strength of the writing. Right. So. I think, uh, in this era, um, this is before Mike really embraced the concept that you can improvise in your own music. So this is pretty much note for note. He learned his stuff back in this era. And there's a, there's a three-part harmony tune on this album that he it was an improvised solo over the changes to another tune, unrelated tune. And then he went back and decided he wanted to harmonize it. And he explored every possible avenue of doing that with harmonizers and, like, software. And he said, nope, can't be done. I better learn my fucking solo again. And it's, like, four minutes long. Learn the solo again and in perfect harmony and then relearn it again in another harmony. So just, I mean, it's just crazy, like, the spaghetti brain that this guy possesses. So as an accomplishment, this is, this is uh, you know, whereas I could show you a number of songs that are technically more demanding in terms of chops, this is, like... The idea of being able to perform this song like this is baffling, it's daunting. But I also find it amusing, and I also find the music to be beautiful. That's my personal opinion. Matt, we don't require you to agree with us. <laughs> However, we do think you're wrong. I understand you think I'm wrong, and I, I mean, I can appreciate you know, what you just said, if, if, you know, the level of work that was involved. I mean, clearly there's a lot of work that's gone into the song. and There's a lot going on. Uh, you know, there's... there's multiple facets to the tempo the, the the you know the three movements of the song um, the instrumental portion sounds improvised to me but it's actually not but. you uneducated pig don't try to talk like you know music garage lover <laughs> but the uh, the counterpoint in the in the harmonies that's something you can listen for in the future although there really isn't anybody quite like this so don't listen in the future for that because you won't hear it. Um, Unless you're the, buying all of Mike Kelly's records. The, the counterpoint here, welcome. basically you hear one guitar melody and then you hear another guitar melody interacting with that. Um, that's that's a sign of not being improvised because if it were improvised, you'd either have to have like right. 11 fingers on your left hand right. or and two guitars. That really wouldn't help. Two arms per guitar. So you need four arms in total and maybe only two fingers per hand because it's not that complicated physically. But yeah, anyways... You hear enough notes going on in there that it's, it would be difficult to uh, to do that improvisationally. There are probably a couple guys. Chris is going to rip this with one it hand. Sounds, it yoga. sounds like a lot of work went into something that is just a waste of time. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we've once again proven that Matt Hoffman has no soul. He has no heart. He has no taste in music for the Stay most part. Stay tuned for the future episode when we have Mike Keneally on to bash Matt about the head no. and torso with some kind of guitar you know, that's instrument. The, the whole problem with this, with this podcast is that... I don't think any of us really care what Matt likes, and I don't think Matt cares. <laughs> Matt doesn't really care what we think about it, which is fine. That's what—that's the way it should be. You know, I mean, but, I, there's ob, there's a, a objectivity in music, but in terms of personal taste, you're not required to like things that are objectively better or worse in, in certain capacities. You know, so we've part, devolved into a high school debate team. Like we really don't believe either side of this argument. We're just going to fight about it anyway. <laughs> well. That makes good for a good podcast. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, but thank part, you to all of our followers. By the way, you guys kicked ass. Part of, part of the reason I came up with the idea for this podcast was that I don't. I mean, I admit I have zero appreciation for 
prog music, and I know you know a lot of people do, including you guys, who I sort of respect. And <laughs> that's your mistake. And I, that's the, that's the best compliment I've, I've ever often gotten. felt like I'm missing out. I mean, I, I love music. I'm a big music aficionado and appreciator, and I feel like I've, I just for whatever reason, I have not been able to enjoy prog music. And part of the the reason I came up with the idea for this podcast was to see if you guys could turn me on to prog music that I've enjoyed. Well, I guess I would I would look at our, our brief track record on this podcast. And, and it's that. not bad. I mean, we've had some tracks that I've liked a lot. Last yeah, so, week last so, week was a good example. I, so we I can't say that. that you truly, fully just can't appreciate prog music. It just seems that sometimes your mind is closed. The greatness <laughs> that is found therein. Well, I think what I'm learning is that there's good prog music and there's shitty prog music. I would agree with that, too. And and today is an example of the shitty prog oh, music. Well, You're you know, and, the, and prog music in general is a very wide scope of, you know, so... Yeah, and we haven't got. Maybe you'll find your niche, and you'll really like that type. We know we we know what his niche is too. Uh We know that if we just put on something with Maynard Keenan singing and like and Danny Carey on drums, (laughs) it's just gonna fucking work. We're we're too easy. Yeah, we could have a Tool podcast because there probably are like seventeen of those already. Right. And like as a recovering Tooley, I think it's my responsibility to fucking never do that. (laughs) I I love Tool, but I'm sorry, I'm not going down that road. There's there's plenty of of prog metal that we could drop on that he would immediately like. Yeah. Grab on your both hands. Like the more obscure stuff. We try to kind of open it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. We're trying to go for things that, like, you know, there's a fringe element that that we might be able to catch him on, um, without it being anything. Like when I picked this song, there was no chance on earth that I imagined Matt could ever listen to this music (laughs) willingly on his own. But I'm like, how is he going to take this apart? And I'll tell you, poorly. But I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, there's no way that, that you would listen to that particular brand, that particular era of Mike Keneally. It's, it's such a weird off-branch of Frank Zappa era music um, that you, you almost, it's almost exclusive. You have to be either a, a total Zappa nut, and I think you're a fan, but not a nut for that music. I don't True. think you're like a fanatic. Right. And, or you have to be a musician, really. In order, I mean, and, and you are a musician, but you have to be like a, a musician, musician, like a like a, somebody who listens to music for specific musicianship. I don't think that's that defines. I think you listen to music for an aesthetic, yeah. um, which is fine. That's what most people should listen for. And I think that you know, whereas Aaron and I come at this listening to music in a dual kind of purpose, like both as you know, like as a guitarist or as a drummer and as a music fan. So it's like I can listen to I certain just listen things. to it for chicks, man. Yeah, for chicks, man. <laughs> and it worked. There's a chick well, in the shit, car. You got okay. one. You got one chick, right? Winning. So I need to reconsider my priorities. That's my yeah. plan, man. I got this on lockdown. <laughs> I think Jenna is perfectly okay with you never listening to Project. <laughs> yes, it's perfectly okay as far as I'm concerned too, because it is not one of my greater goals in life to convince you to listen to Prague music. But I will stay continue tuned to, for the Necromancer next we, episode. We will continue to prove to you that progressive <laughs> music does not fucking suck. Just However, today week. we have not succeeded at our task. Mike, I am very sorry that uh, we couldn't make Matt love this music, but I think I love it enough for all all of us in this car. So. <laughs> all right, I don't right. dislike it, Mike. Fans, so you're on. Fans. Yeah, like you're, you're on the you're on the, the good stuff. So this is uh, this is Aaron for Jess, Matt, and Chris. Signing off this week. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will bring you absolutely more prog craziness. Signing out from the Three Floyds parking lot. Indeed. All right, go home and go to bed. <laughs>